नमस्ते एवरीवन वेलकम टू द चार वर्क पॉडकास्ट दिस इज योर होस्ट कुशल मेहरा ऑल राइट द बेस्ट पार्ट अबाउट टुडेस पॉडकास्ट इज माय गेस्ट नीड्स नो इंट्रोडक्शन बिकॉज इफ इफ आई हैव टू इंट्रोड्यूस माय गेस्ट टुडे तो मतलब अगर अगर आपको मेरे गेस्ट के बारे में नहीं मालूम है तो भाई क्या कहाँ किधर रह रहे हो मुझे नहीं पता बट बट ये थोड़ी अति हो गई यार ये क्या है सो माई गेस्ट टूडे इज Amish Ripati Amish is the author of nine best selling books uh, if you ask me uh, in my view and this is my view and you can agree or disagree he is india's best author and also he is currently the director of the nehru center amish it's a pleasure to have you over here thank you thank you kushal absolute pleasure being here thank you so much and and you're traveling all over the bloody place ha matlab har nice basically yeah but you're, you're just partying essentially खाना खाता था और कभी बाहर जाना है बाहर जाता था मैंने लास्ट फाइव ईयर्स आई स्टार्टेड दिस पॉडकास्ट बिकॉज आई आई लव दई लव दर्ट फॉर्म ऑफ यू नो लॉन्ग फॉर्म चैट एंड and then in the last two and a half years with the grace of you know the supporters and the blessings of my parents and uh, my family members it has really taken off and i i don't know what to do it with myself and here i am in north america you know trying a new experiment with my life and you know they say logo ko lagta hai vacation pe hai bhai vacation pe nahi hu dabba leke ghum raha hu har jagah udhar jidhar jidhar internet milta hai room milta hai kaam karta hu mic leke ghum raha hu lights leke ghum raha hu har jagah kar raha hu but but it's interesting but amish uh, yeah so today's podcast see, i i could have called you for one book or not but then you know it was not fair i wanted to actually and and this is for the record there were two people i desperately wanted to talk to because i wanted to get into into their heads because this was one of my bucket lists of the podcast one was ashwin and since, and since and you didn't get you. any of them you 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 were stuck with me kushal no 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 <laughs> so so do jan the and i and i said this when i got ashwin on the podcast too and i told ashwin as like do jan se mereko baat karni thi podcast mein ek tha tu mere bhai aur ek hai amish aur mazey ki baat hai ki dono ke sath finalize karne ka wo jo period hua na ek ek coincidence hota hai both of you got finalized one after the other ki ashwin bhi kuch hafte pehle aaya tha when he was out of india and we were recording a podcast and now i'm chatting with you so it's actually a personal honor for me i have had tremendous respect for what you have done So so let's start with this Amish because I am more interested in knowing about this than anything else how did you get into this matlab ye kahan se aaya hai ye u-turn life mein ki bhai abhi to likhna hai I wasn't planning it so you know I uh, one of the most interesting lines I've heard is life is what happens to you while you're planning other things and uh, uh wasn't really planning to be a writer uh in fact most of my school college friends you know whenever i meet them uh, most of them ask ki sach bata actually kisne likha hai tu to nahi likh sakta uh, because i kuch aasar nahi dikhaye the bachpan mein that i'll be a uh, that i'll be an author uh, never did anything creative i was uh, you know as left brain as they come uh, graduated in uh, mathematics mba from iim calcutta uh, banking for 14 years so as left brain as they come i was active in sports gymnastics boxing i uh, uh, i the only kind of creative thing i did i was the lead singer for our band in i am calcutta 
but but that was it, and that's not really creation, right? That's more a, a skill. It's performance. Uh, so uh, frankly, even I can't explain where it comes from. It it truly is a blessing. It's a blessing from Lord Shiva. Uh, and uh, even today, I mean, I'm on the verge of releasing my tenth book now, uh, War of Lanka. Uh, it'll be the fourth of the Ramchandra series. And but even today, when I write, when I wrote this book, when I was writing, I still can't explain where it comes from. I open the laptop, and there is this world that just opens up, you know. And uh, I am there like a fly on the wall, and I record what I see. I know it sounds strange, but it genuinely is like that for me. It Immortals of Melo is the first piece of fiction I ever wrote in my life, and but did, did it that started that way. It still comes this way. But how did you decide? Okay, I'm gonna write. Like there must be a process, right? That you go through. Like, so where does the inspiration come from? Where do you decide? Okay, I'm going to write about this. I'm going to pick this subject up, and and I'm going to explore this subject. Like, how do you go about that then? You know, the the assumption in that question, Kushal, is that uh, we can actually plan and control how things happen to us, right? Um, one of the theories i have is uh, uh, is a downside in the modern world is uh, uh, is the uh, the tyranny of reason right uh, i have nothing against reason reason is important uh, but if you put reason above everything else reason above instincts uh, that's not good either you know one of the things our ancestors uh, told us uh, is that uh, uh, you know, ati sarvatra varjayit. Extremism of any kind uh, should be avoided. So this assumption that we can plan everything that happens with our life and everything that we do, the best parts of what we do, has to be with mental faculties, planning, reason. I don't buy that. And in fact, uh, you know, among the most beautiful things in life are those which actually happen with the right brain, which happen with instincts, which happen with emotions, which happen with. Uh, the area of uh, of life and of the brain that in the traditional dharmic way was thought to be uh, the area of the mother goddess right uh, and uh, i'm a shaivite and for us shaivites it is believed that we need to find the balance between uh, worship to both lord shiva and uh, uh, the mother uh, uh, to both reason and instinct to both the left brain and the right brain, and if you can do that and apply it in the respective areas of your life, uh, you know, then uh, life ends up being much better. Now, obviously, to do this, you need to have. It's a slightly philosophical answer to your question, but I think it it kind of shows you know the mindset that one comes with. Uh, you have to have a certain amount of one of the most important concepts for our ancestors uh, was this concept called vivek, mm-hmm. uh, viveka. It is. the ability to distinguish and the ability to wisely distinguish right so when i say you must follow your instincts that doesn't mean that if you are negotiating a contract or a business deal you know i don't use your reason that's stupid you know listen to your lawyer use uh, reason logic but if you are writing a book you know and you then you try and do it with reason with your left brain you know with a plan and you know and an excel sheet as i tried to do with my first book It'll obviously be a disaster, you know. Go with your instincts. Go with uh, go with the mother. Go with the goddess, uh, and uh, let it just flow. 
and if you can find both you know then it's beautiful it's a bit like kushal it's a bit like falling in love i assume you are in love with your wife uh, it's a bit like falling in love right you don't make a balance sheet right uh, uh these are the strengths these are the weaknesses these are the weaknesses i can mitigate these are the strengths that i want okay on whole you know the balance sheet has so much excess capital you know and therefore i will fall in love and ye koi tarika hai you go with the instinct and emotions and you fall in love right but uh, some decisions you use reason so the point one is trying to make is depending on what you are doing uh go with the area of uh, the area that the divine appropriate for that uh would suggest you know so you're doing something creative go with instinct go with emotions let it flow you know what's fascinating about this is that you're not entirely wrong in the case of many major scientific discoveries too that initial spark or that thought that the scientific see the image of the scientist is always in a lab always like this thinking like this but it it's actually in many scientific discoveries including the ones einstein made it suddenly you know the the scientist has this eureka moment especially kushal especially if you're in the theoretical space okay yeah. so applied physics is different applied physics is reason driven experimentation but theoretical physics is i mean i genuinely believe it's 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 the area of 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 the goddess let the instinct flow uh, and that doesn't mean the goddess she is chanchal right kabhi you know you'll get that blessing sometimes you won't i mean it's okay you know but you have to prepare yourself for it so you know i mean uh, and lord shiva tells us right i mean is he is in his ardhanareshwar uh, form and he'll bless you appropriately depending on what your uh, what your uh, what you're doing and uh, uh, you have to prepare yourself to be able to receive that blessing right so if i want uh, to write a book in the area of spirituality mythology i should read a lot in that area i should have enough research it's like you have the ingredients to cook a particular meal but just because you have the ingredients doesn't mean that the meal will happen that's that's a blessing so get all the ingredients right you do all the research that you can make sure you're not wasting time scrolling through you know a social media feed or watching tv or something because then how can the blessing come to you right uh, focus uh, sit in front of your laptop and then let the blessing come and if it doesn't come it doesn't come i mean try again the next day so good you have given me the perfect segue anyways i was going to ask you this question so how does amish tripathi research like how is your so when it comes to reading material so i'll share how i do it so if i get obsessed with one particular subject what i do is i'll go and research what are the books written on a subject and if there is a certain you know pressure point or or emphasis laid on one particular way of thinking about the subject then i find criticisms of that subject so i usually try to balance it out that i'll read a point and then i'll read the criticism of b point and i tend to have this rule that at least yaar 7 se 8 book padho ek vishay ke upar taki you have a decent grip on that subject hmm. so how do you go about preparing i go with actually what you're suggesting except that i would put many more books right i i read at least 5 6 books per month i read a lot Uh, and i read on various subjects and the way i do it is that uh, my thinking is that i don't do research for some job i just do research because i like doing it right mm. so i read up on anything that catches my fancy right so i read from things like you know scientific uh, journals like american journal of human genetics you know to scientific american to you know dry archaeological archaeological history books 
to uh, you know political theories anything that catches my fancy to biographies i will read right uh the way i see it and i've been doing it for like decades uh from in our family everyone reads a lot right so one of the things i always uh, you know uh, suggest when people say you know how do you get your children to read as a look coming I mean, children don't do what they what their parents ask them to do they do what they see their parents doing so you want them to read you read you want them you want your boys to behave well with uh, women then you make sure you behave well with them, right uh, they 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 imitate they don't learn so uh, in my family my parents both of them uh, read a lot my siblings all of us read a lot so my my child and my nephews and nieces everyone reads a lot so we've been reading uh, i've been reading a lot since i don't know since when i was 5 6 so like more than 40 years now 40 42 i'm 47 now uh and all that knowledge goes somewhere in the back of the mind that's the way i see it uh and that to me is research but what i'd like to add is for me research is not just about reading uh research is essentially living you know an author for the want of a better term has to be like a sponge right every person you meet you know is an opportunity to to learn something every place you travel to is an opportunity to learn i like to travel uh, you know as locals do you know i don't like i don't want to travel in my bubble uh, you know learn a few of the local uh, uh, words learn their history don't just see the monuments you know uh, eat a bit of their food unless it's too weird certain countries where you know they eat live animals and all yes i would avoid that uh, uh but uh, you know but essentially live you know as locals do and everything goes in as research in the back of of, of my mind i've quoted various examples you know so um the uh, uh the description of the gates of branga in the shiva trilogy which came in the secret of the nagas and was there in Both of the Vai Putras as well was actually inspired by something I learned while on a cruise in Greece, in uh, the Corinthian uh, Peninsula. I saw something out there, it inspired me, and I, and I, I would have seen it maybe I don't know seven eight years before I wrote Secret of the Nagas, right? Uh, then uh, the even like personal takes people you know, you know, it remains in the back of the mind, and then it. it it makes a character more real when you are writing it right because uh so like to give you an example uh, ravan has a pendant right of of two finger bones if you read uh, uh, ravan enemy of aryavarta uh and it's a deeply personal thing to him and whenever he is upset he kind of his hand instinctively just goes up and he's just holding uh, he just holds those two fingers now this is you know i was this was when i was still a banker right so uh, so like maybe uh for, you know 13 14 15 years before i wrote uh, ravan uh, and i'd met this friend of mine and she was uh, she wanted some advice she was going through some personal uh, trouble some financial trouble i was a banker so she wanted my advice on uh, on something and i noticed that uh, you know she had the uh, picture uh, the symbol of her uh, god you know on a pendant and whenever she'd get really upset she'd just instinctively just hold it right and then when she'd calm down her hand would and she wasn't doing it consciously she was just instinctively doing that and that just remained in the back of my mind and it came out in ravan 
in Ravanagami of Arivarta. So an author has to be researching all the time. That's the way I see it. Don't don't think that okay, I have to write on this subject, so therefore I'll read these books, you know, or I'll do this research. No, just keep researching all the time. You never know what knowledge will get used where, which insight you've learned, which not which information you've learned. Lord Shiva will just pack it into a story and make that story richer. So see so you are someone who brings in you know cultural aspects of what we call dharma into your writing and also at the same time you're you know you're in the fiction genre and obviously you've written non-fiction books too but your primary focus has always been and you write on many other op- uh, subjects but you know if, if somebody was to talk about okay amish amish is you know india's premier fiction author now how does one do that blending of reading scriptures at many times because i know you read scriptures i read scriptures i know that for a fact when i read your books i know you've read scriptures so how does one bring in scriptures uh and at the same time then blend it in in a fictional format i wish i could give you a logical answer for this i know you're trying to you know i I can understand where you're coming from like what's the process right uh that i've read all and most of my reading is non fiction you know as i told you 90% of it is non fiction but 90% of my writing is fiction uh now what's the process how do i put all this into the story i mean i wish i could give you a a logical sensible answer but sadly i cannot you know it uh, it just goes in uh lord shiva puts it in there uh i don't control the story at all i'm very very clear on that and i've i've said it repeatedly it's not it's not my creativity it will be uh, arrogant and stupid of me to say that oh i am this brilliant creative guy and i am creating these stories no that's not it i genuinely believe that i am a witness that lord shiva is creating these stories uh and he is uh, blessing me uh, uh with them uh, through the mother or directly i don't know uh and i uh, i just record what i see how it comes together into my uh, you know into my stories is something that just comes instinctively i don't kind of i don't make a thing that okay ha this uh, section from the brihadaranya upanishad i found very interesting or this thing from the katha upanishad i found very interesting so therefore let me put this in this way i i don't plan that way. i mean, i'll have all that knowledge in the back of my mind and it comes together into the story through his blessing so you know i'll give you an example of how what happens with me when i structure uh, my thoughts or i do monologues or i write something so what happens is like like you i read on an average four books a month and and a few scientific papers that's that's my regular process of going throughout the year so it's like 40 to 50 books and like around 50 to 60 scientific papers which i read now what i find in my process is sometimes when i'm trying to gather thoughts now I don't know where it is but it is all in my head and then suddenly it starts flowing and then I say acha maine ye yahan padha tha ye isme fit ho raha hai and to justify this point I had read something else so ye fit ho raha hai now I actually can relate to you because even I don't know how it happens when I speak or when I do a monologue or when I present a point 
सडनली लाइक और बट माई प्रॉब्लम मुझे नाम याद नहीं रहते वो मेरी बहुत बड़ी समस्या है कि मेरे को अगर कोई पूछेगा ये पढ़ा कहा था तो मैं नाम नहीं बता पाऊंगा मैं बोलूंगा हाँ मैंने ये पढ़ा था ये किधर तो है मेरे ब्रेन में छुपा हुआ है एंड देन इट सडनली पॉप्स आउट ऑफ माई ब्रेन एंड देन आई लाइक आई इट हियर आई रेड इट देर आई डू दिस आई डू दैट सो आई आई काइंड ऑफ रिलेट टू यू इन वॉट यूर सेंग बट स्टिल यू नो it was very interesting so i'll give you an example like in the case of ashwin right ashwin has this thing you know he has a huge bibliography that he also shares at the end of the book like and and i know you and i ashwin know each other and you guys have been you know old buddies uh, for a long time ashwin is so, a very very dear friend yeah so i know that so ashwin would say yeah. offline bhi baat kar his, his magicians of mazda is fantastic man it's the best yeah, yeah. so uh, ashwin ka interesting baat hai ki ashwin shares his bibliography also ki ha bhai yahan ye pad lo yahan ye pad lo yahan ye pad lo yahan ye pad lo which is very unlike so so what do you, what do you think ki if so let's say there was this young kid who wants to get into fiction writing in india and they they are inspired by what you have achieved in life and they want to write about you know indic stories or indian uh, indian culture and indian things so if where do you start unko wo agar aake amish ko puchte ki sir where do i start to kahan start kare okay let me answer this from two perspectives because i do want to answer that thing of you know the research i know ashwin lists all his bibliography everything out at the end of his uh, fiction books uh, you know uh, but i normally i do not explain anything okay uh, i have uh, i don't put references i put uh, you know uh, hidden clues not just within the book even on my covers there are things hidden in the brahmi script my interpretation of the indus valley script i never explain anything in anyway. uh, uh, there are some facebook groups which actually discuss the clues that i have written there are clues i had left in immortals of melua which get tied up in war of lanka now which is a different series right uh but my why don't i explain it because i think the purpose of uh, knowledge is not the information the purpose of knowledge is actually the journey that's what gives you the, the kick so actually my the the real hardcore readers who want to know this know i have left clues everywhere okay let them discover it let them have the pleasure of discover some things i want to make obvious so i'll explain some things i just want to leave it right uh oh, which way is right which way is wrong you know i don't know uh is just we do what feels uh, right to us you know i i i love ashwin's books i read all his books but i don't read his bibliography so i want to discuss stuff discover stuff by myself unless there's something specific ah yaar ye acha hai let me try and find out kahan se pata chala usko right uh because for me you know the search for knowledge is uh, is like i am reading like i i i'm on this i'm on this binge for the last 2 3 months of reading nile ferguson's uh, books i don't know if you've read a uh, western author nile ferguson brilliant historian historian, historian. Yeah. uh you know a, a big defender of the british raj which obviously yes. you know one dislikes ayanir si ali ka pati hai na Yes, I think so. What a woman I am! But anyway, coming back, I mean, she's she's brilliant. But having said that, uh, you know, one may disagree with Nile Ferguson's philosophies at times. But the way I see it is, if there's someone worth learning from, and he's a brilliant man, no doubt. Then even if one disagrees with some of his core philosophies, still read his books because he's a brilliant man, worth learning from. Very brilliant man, uh, and uh, one gets some fantastic insights now. 
when he's written uh, his books he quotes some stuff and some things just catch my fancy you know so okay maybe i'll pick up that book so i kind of research like i let my mind wander right uh, it's like a hypertext link you know that uh, you know that i'm reading a book and something finds interesting it's a hypertext link so i'll click on it and read the book which was reference out there that's how i'll discover stuff right uh i don't want someone making the the lanes for me which i should stick within uh i don't know if that makes sense no so, no i i get it there are, there are people and which is why one of the things i always advise read uh all points of view especially those whose views make you uncomfortable because that's the only way you will grow if you only read those who are reinforcing your point of view how are you going to grow right and there are people i respect who i listen to if they suggest a book i'll check it out right uh, like my family everyone reads a lot and everyone likes to read things which are of multiple different points of view so that's how i read that's how i do my research which is why i don't put these clues coming back to your point on uh, on how an indic writer should write the first thing is read a, read a lot man because you know sadly our uh, you know the state of our country is such uh, that our education system uh, teaches us uh, uh, sweet uh, all about our own uh, heritage and culture everything is a mystery to us uh, if if i mention dasha ragnya out here you'd know about it but many of your uh, viewers sadly may not when I mean, this is actually one of the the origin wars uh, it's it's one of our origin stories of our of our ancestors it's what made us the right? basis of our civilization we don't and many people haven't even heard it right the battle of the 10 kings uh we haven't even heard it but we'll know some nonsensical sh- stuff about europe i mean of course we should learn about europe but first we should find out about ourselves man so that is a problem if you want to write in the indic space lack of knowledge because our education system teaches us utterly nothing almost nothing right So you have to read a hell of a lot. Start with start with fiction books because they are easier to read. I mean, and of course it works for me. I mean, start with my books, then Ashwin, then anyone else. But but get deeper. Get into the non-fiction books. Get into the history books. Read. Uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, the modern rishis uh, of our age, like uh, you know, Ram Sarup, Sitaram Goel, brilliant. Uh, you know, Arsi Mazumdar. Read their works. Right, uh, Dharampal ji. uh and then of course you know uh, shri arbindo swami vivekananda read that and then go more ancient read a hell of a lot that's the first thing right read as much as you can so that you can get a sense of who we are second uh if you are privileged to be living in one of the big cities boss please travel and please travel to uh to to interior india i was lucky that i lived much of my life in india and yeah so it's not a mystery for me right uh but there are many who live in you know delhi mumbai bangalore for whom uh, you know uh, tirupur or thrissur or uh, raipur or uh, you know rachi these are it's almost like another country you know london is more their home and which is very sad right they will imbibe more you know of this woke nonsense rather than our own traditions which are actually more liberal right uh but liberal with with logic as well right unlike wokism uh so please travel uh go to uh, the real india 
learn uh, you know learn speak to your parents to your family to your children in your own language right which means not english okay i'm, I'm not anti english learn english it's good for you it'll get you a good job uh, but uh, whatever your for me it's hindi for you uh, kushal i think it would be sindhi or punjabi hindi 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 maybe hindi, hindi. Okay. whatever your your own language is, please is please learn it i can speak as comfortably in hindi as in english everyone in my family can right so please learn that uh, and then talk to people whose primary language is is that you will get a much deeper sense of what uh, india is once you've done all this then you are ready to receive the blessing the the problem is this that just because you are ready to receive the blessing doesn't mean that the blessing will come right uh, it's a necessary function it's not a sufficient uh, condition uh, the blessing is up to you know the almighty lord shiva for me it's lord shiva you know and lord shiva is a very kind god so pray to him he might send you the blessing of a good story if not you can write non fiction and even if you don't write you get a much deeper understanding of what india is which actually makes you a better uh, indian a better human being don't yeah, depend on the education system our education system does nothing to connect us to india almost nothing i wish reforms would take place but you have to do it yourself you know what is fascinating in what you're saying is how important it is for people to realize what you have just explained in the last uh, 30 minutes itself you never said that you should not read western authors western books in fact you used nile ferguson as an example you said there are great authors out there and then you segued into how you should read your own culture and today's discourse you know is laden with echo chambers unfortunately amish where you're either a stooge of the west if you read western books or you're a fascist if you read indian books of a certain kind if you read indian books of indian authors of a certain kind which carry a certain ideology it's fine now how do we fix this because i'll give you my example my my life has always been reading primary text so i go seedha main rigved pad lunga main seedha ramayan padunga main seedha mahabharat padunga main seedha bhagavad gita padunga i will go on reading different 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 scriptures and then i will do my own research over the period of years and that's how i've always been and then i'll read books written by western authors scientific papers and stuff like that and i try to see what's happening in both sides and i try to make my own world view based on that now here is your case you have done this a lot more than i have all your life but and you are the one person who has basically written all books which are on indianness indian culture indian thought magar yaar ye mere ko ek baat batao ki hamare culture mein यदि एक व्यक्ति इफ अ पर्सन एक्चुअली ट्राइज टू डू दैट आई डोंट नो इफ यू रियलाइज दैट हाउ मच ऑफ अ वे यू हैव पेव फॉर मेनी अदर्स एंड आई डोंट से दिस टू बट यू आई से दिस बिकॉज आई जेन्यूनली बिलीव दिस हाउ द हेल्प डिड यू गेट अवे विथ इट मैन गेट अवे विद वॉट एक्चुअली अरे इंडियन कल्चर को लिखना है यहाँ पे तो इंडियन कल्चर को लिखने जाते हैं तो लोग क्या क्या बोल देते हैं लोगों को अरे नहीं नहीं ऐसा नहीं है मैं सची में मैं दिल से ये कह रहा हूँ अगर ऐसी उपन्यास है ऐसी पुस्तकें आपको लिखनी है तो भारत से बेहतर कोई देश नहीं कोई देश नहीं वी हैड अ ट्रेडिशन ऑफ इट नाउ आर देर सम हु क्रिएट कॉन्ट्रोवर्सीज यस ऑफन कॉन्ट्रोवर्सीज आर क्रिएटेड ऑल्सो वी नो दैट वी नो दे डोंट हैपन ऑर्गेनिकली वी नो दैट 
you know videos will be edited or uh, you know uh, sometimes uh, you know the creators themselves create controversy because that's a good way to you know to get visibility unfortunately uh, it's a very uh, it's a cheap and effective way to do marketing uh, but realize that if you do that you don't really have an impact right uh, if you want to have an impact you want people to read your books with an open mind if you want to have an impact you want people to watch your movie with an open mind which means actually that you must avoid controversy and the best way to avoid controversy is actually you know one of the lines from the natya shastra satyam bruvat priyam bruvat na bruvat satyam apriyam that speak the truth but speak it with love and if you cannot speak the truth with love then stay silent the natya shastra doesn't say that speak the untruth it doesn't say speak lies okay but if you cannot speak the truth with love then stay silent uh because only if you speak with love only if you speak with politeness will you actually open someone else's mind where they are listening to you right uh, uh that to me is an extremely critical part of debate and that was our traditions of bada there's this uh, wonderful book uh, you know i read a uh, long time back called vada by radha vallabh tripathi i always clarify he is not a relation uh, you know there's there's no nepotism here uh, <laughs> but it's one of the best modern books to explain the indian debating traditions uh, you know and how we engaged with with thoughts how we had freedom of expression but then have then import the adversarial angry mode that is the western middle eastern uh, approach which sadly we are importing into india now right so like you have presented with this in my opinion false dichotomy either freedom of expression has to be shut down completely or freedom of expression means being uh, rude and boorish and uncivilized that's not freedom of expression that's that's just being rude and boorish and uncivilized right uh, you can you know freely state what you want to say but in a polite agreeable manner that someone else is willing to listen to you and that's that itself is a skill that was one of the skills that used to be taught in our gurukuls how to talk how to communicate right and it was not just in our gurukuls it was taught in all ancient uh, uh, education system the schools of mystery for example uh, in the west they used to teach this you know how to talk by using low energy words for example you know don't unnecessarily hyperbole karke aggressively bolo shant tarike se bolo your tone and tenor itself makes a difference your body language makes a difference uh, if you can speak like that you'll be surprised how much you can say and how much others more importantly how much others will be willing to listen see just saying just for the heck of it where you're not opening someone else's mind to a different point of view is actually what's what's the purpose there's no purpose right? it's only when you can actually have you know at least the possibility of having an impact on someone else then your speech has some purpose right and the way to do that to the first step speak speak in a loving gentle kind manner the the value of good manners that we indians used to follow you'll notice in all our debating uh, traditions sadly you know our greatest debates again are you know completely useless colonized education system 
we must teach the debates uh, our great debates of ancient times the debates of pashi the debates from uh, sharda peet the debate of adi shankaracharya ji with uh, uh, with uh, mandan what i mean these mandan mishra these these debates are very critical because we mm-hmm. learn how you know different points of view uh, would uh, would engage with each other and you'll notice that in all our debates the debates would always begin with a few things one the person debating would speak politely and nicely to the person he is debating with the first thing would be it's such an you know things like it's such an honor to me to your you know your traditions on this essentially what would appear like giving compliments but that's basically good manners right and then you repeat that's what purva paks used to be you repeat what the others arguments are uh, so that you can say that you have clearly understood what their argument is then you give your answer uh what that forces you to do is when the other person is uh, speaking you are not thinking about what your counter arguments would be you are actually listening to the guy right uh the way our modern debates are you see those you know gladiatorial uh, tv panel discussions you can make out you look at the face of the panelists none of them are listening to the other guy they are just thinking of the next clever line they are in their own world they think of the next clever line that that they need to uh, that they need to say or the next cutting line uh it's a gladiatorial uh, match it's not it's not shastrat it's it, so so then i'll ask you this question i know you mentioned manal ferguson but i want to take it to the next level who are the people whom you disagree with entirely as a world view but you have learned a lot from as a writer and an author i just mentioned manal ferguson yeah no so beyond that i, think, I was like i think uh, you know i mean there is there is a lot we can learn from from uh, the british uh, raj and the europeans i mean they were they were the most successful society of the last uh, 300 years they exceptionally capable people no doubt about it it was terrible for us as indians mm-hmm. uh, it was terrible for much of uh, much of the world but that doesn't mean there are there aren't things that we can learn uh, from them so even uh, those who are your enemies even those who are your oppressors you can learn from them uh, uh even among uh, the turkic colonizers you know what who we call the delhi sultans and mughals they they were also foreigners they were uh, they were turks just like yeah. the british uh, just like the european colonizers were from europe these guys were from uh, the steppe lands central and eastern asia the the steppe land area uh so if you look at them someone like an amir khusro uh his attitudes especially towards us idol worshipers extremely disgusting and disturbing that doesn't take away from the fact that actually you know much of his uh, uh writings much of his music is actually beautiful you know worth learning from or uh, someone like an ikbal you know uh, uh, you know lots of questions can be raised on on ikbal's uh, character uh his hatred for idol worshipers you know that shikwa his poem where he speaks fondly of uh, how his ancestors had created pyramids of the heads of idol worshipers i mean very bizarre frankly you know like i said extreme quite a uh, disgusting man personally but that doesn't take away from the fact that his talent as a wordsmith was beyond compare so uh, people who 
may be personally very disturbing but still worth learning from if we can do that that you know if we can avoid either of the extremes where uh, uh where to appreciate their craft we have to somehow say that they are lovely people and find justifications for them as some indians do for people like ikbal which i find bizarre i mean i can understand pakistan is like liking ikbal but i mean ikbal was a monster i mean clearly uh you know in his personal views on especially on us idol worshipers and hindus it was horrible uh and considering he himself was his grandfather i think was a kashmiri pandit so he was a convert uh, uh but to justify to find positives in him just because you like his craft that extreme is silly but going on the other extreme just because you have you find character flaws in him you don't appreciate his craft that is also avoidable there are things that can be learned uh from everyone including those uh, who hate you uh and if you learn uh, then you're the you're the beneficiary right yeah and that's what i find today the toughest thing for me today as someone who has tried to build a platform where i try to get multiple viewpoints is that you know if i call x they'll be like isko kyun bulaya i call why they'll be like isko kyun bulaya but all i am trying to do is try and understand their point of view and maybe i will learn in the process and my audiences will learn in the process but in today's you know you talk about the gladiatorial mindset that we have done is basically you know they have clutched onto this psychological phenomenon where the negativity bias sells right you to use a cricketing analogy humko hamesha dropped catch yaad rehta hai humko usne panch catch pakde wicket keeper ne wo kabhi yaad nahi rehta so basically entire media landscape is based on this fundamental but what i have seen in your writing all and your way of presenting things is you are actually a very positive person <laughs> you sell positivity you sell uh, pride with responsibility how did you manage that man <laughs> no i genuinely believe it because i am that way and listen i uh, uh, i will engage with ideas and criticize ideas uh, there may be some individuals i'll criticize like i said ikbal um, or ikbal is certainly not as bad as aurangzeb was but aurangzeb there are individuals who are of course you know uh, their characters you know strong questions can be raised on them but among the things that i have found uh, and this is you know can be uh, you can see it as anecdotal but i've lived for 47 years uh, so it's it's a lot of anecdotes which becomes data after some time right uh, on average most human beings are decent you know regardless of countries you go to religions they follow i i i know it sounds kind of to syrupy and diabetic but most human beings i found are actually decent uh, uh and if you go in with a mindset assuming ki the person will be decent more often than not you will not be disappointed regardless of the religion uh, regardless of uh, the country regardless of nationality regardless of the gender uh, regardless of the university educated educated uneducated most human beings vast majority are actually decent right there are some who are not and moment you discover that make sure you put up your uh, defenses right but uh, uh, my life at least i have i have believe i have come to experience that most human beings are decent you assume that you will get decency in return most of the time you will don't go by uh, social media uh, 
there's something about uh, you know it's it's uh, there was uh, you know this research report that had been done by facebook if i'm not mistaken and then the report for whatever reason was, was not brought out it was their internal report uh, and they didn't plan it but the ai the algorithm naturally does that that uh, as you were saying negativity bias that uh, you want people because th- their revenue model is they want you to spend time right uh they want you to keep scrolling they don't want you to shut it uh you know shut the uh, the feed uh negativity ensures that you remain there right uh now is there an evolutionary reason for this yes perhaps uh because you know when we were in the grasslands in africa where we began as a species uh you had to re- you had to be aware of any danger every at every point of time you know i mean and your reaction had to be assume the worst and run or fight fight or flee you know uh so there was a logic to it but you know we are not in the you know, unprotected in the grasslands of africa even those who live in the grasslands of africa are much safer now they have houses but our basic instincts remain what it was we 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 notice negativity a lot more we tend to overreact to negativity a lot more we underplay the positivity that was our survival instinct um and ai feeds into that right ai on social media the algorithms generated by ai on social media feed into that because you react to it and therefore you spend more and more time uh, on social media and you go into this negativity spiral um uh, there are only two ways out of it the way i see it the first better way limit your time man i mean this thing that you know that that we can just switch off social media look it, we all know it's not going to happen we are not going to be living in the himalayas but put a limit i mean 15 minutes 20 minutes half an hour whatever your limit is i mean if it's beyond one hour then you have a problem right uh but put a time limit you know uh, even someone as uh, you know technologically uh, challenged as i am know that knows that there are apps which can kind of excuse me put that limit on you uh you know so put a time limit do not spend more than that you know per day uh that's the first thing second thing if the negativity bias is leading you down one rabbit hole just make sure you open more and more rabbit holes so that at least you are you know it becomes bigger and you get a fair view and to the point that i was making listen to those who are whose views make you uncomfortable don't only listen to those who agree with you right so like i will follow people who are quote unquote on the left and the right because i want to hear all points of view i will read english newspapers who tend to have uh, you know in india at least uh, what could be called an anti hindu bias and i also read hindi newspapers which could frankly if you see it tend to have an anti muslim bias right uh and you read both of them you get some some sense of centrality right uh, about what's going on and you realize that actually we need to calm down things aren't india is actually a pretty lovely country you know there are countries which are far worse man i'm not saying things are perfect with with india uh but we are on average a pretty lovely country right and you can only get that sense when you're out of that negative bias spiral with social media the algorithm is such it will do that to you and the negative bias which triggers you right so whether it's a left wing or right wing or hindu or muslim or uh, 
fem uh, you know male or female or you know some other gender whatever the whatever your negativity bias is the ai will catch it and then it will press it'll find your button and it will press uh, it's designed to do that you have to be aware of that so cut it as much as you can cut the connection as much as you can and try and listen to all points of view it will it will really calm you down yeah in fact i'll back your point up 100% by stating people can read books of authors like matt ridley steven pinker who have literally mapped data wise the history of humanity and shown how it is the best time to be alive right now and you would never want to be you know alive in a certain era that we all tend to celebrate beyond a few blips uh, especially in the climate change area which we all should be worried about most parameters that human factfulness like, kushal factfulness you should read that book yeah uh, fascinating and actual data how actually humanity has a pretty good yeah <laughs> we are living in a good time it's the best time Yeah. and it's pretty bad for other species for human beings it's a pretty good time yeah 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 so amish before i start taking the viewers questions one last thing uh, i know uh, you had mentioned it but okay so the war of lanka is going to be out guys it's going to be on the 25th of july 2022 when the Are no 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 it's not going to be out on 25th july the pre order pre yeah pre order will start on 25th july yeah pre order is going to be starting on the 25th of july so So this is the fourth one in the series. So so what can we expect this time, Amish? So uh, look, the first three books of the Ramchandra series, Ram, Sita, Ravan, were uh, you know uh, uh, were uh, the origin stories in a way of Lord Ram, of Lord Sita, and Ravan. You know, so it was there's this uh, storytelling uh, technique called the multi-linear narrative. so those of you who see akira kurosawa's movies uh, so there's a movie called rashomon uh, where he'd shown you know uh, in the movies from three different perspectives i remember i'd seen it a long time back and it had made a deep impression you know on me so these uh, first three books of the ramchandra series are in a multilinear narrative so the first book ram sino vishwaku is from the birth of lord ram to the kidnapping of goda sita the second sita warrior of mithila is from uh, her birth to her kidnapping and the third ravan enemy of aryavarta is from ravan's birth to the time he kidnaps goddess sita so these three uh, strands all merge at the same point which is the kidnapping of goddess sita and the fourth book uh, war of lanka is from the kidnapping of uh, goddess sita to the death of ravan and uh, when the royal couple returns to ayodhya so essentially you know it ends where the traditional ramayan ends or at least where the ramcharitmanas uh, uh, ends so this is uh, war of lanka awesome awesome so you know everybody in the in the description of the podcast i'm going to leave a link of you know amish's website and all the links are going to be there so please go and uh, buy amish's books amish now let's start taking questions because there are too many questions honestly bahut sare logon ne bahut sare question puche so i want to you know make sure i ask the viewers questions because it's always about them okay sabse pehle se jata hu aur fir i'll come to the latest one someone has asked amish sir what, which books would you suggest everyone to read and uh, what are your all time favorites in different genres and uh, or, or, so that's the first one okay uh the first books to read are obviously my books man obviously <laughs> <laughs> i Can't agree i agree no, but, but but speaking but speaking seriously uh you know uh, 
there's this book called the beautiful tree by dharampal ji it ah. speaks of the educate i'm sure kushal you've read it uh, yeah. it describes the education system that we had in india before the british uh, destroyed it mm-hmm. uh, so this this thing that the british created our education system is pure bullshit we actually had a very wide and extensive education uh, system and dharampal there is there's a certain group of indians who will not believe anything till there's a thappa of approval from uh, europeans on it europeans or americans on it so dharampal ji actually wrote his book uh, basis british era records british records right now among the things that that you find is that our patshalas our gurukuls all of them the first learning i mean of course was mathematics so among the texts very important was uh, lilavati bhaskaracharya ji is uh, lilavati but the two texts that were always taught which was the introductory text was the ramayana and the mahabharata uh, uh because uh, uh of course there are there are stories uh, which will inspire you connect you to your roots that's at the heart of what it is but there are also in addition uh you know lessons on philosophy there are also lessons in geography if you think about it you know when uh, sugriv uh, Uh, sends uh, his vanar sena in four uh, different directions to search for sitama when and i had asked my grandfather this that was everyone knew lanka was in the south why did he send when maybe my grandfather explained to me actually it's a geography lesson right in the garb of a story uh, if you read vidur uh, niti in the mahabharata or shanti parva it's actually a governance lesson in the garb of a story uh, you know so you learn many things through these two texts you learn deep philosophies most importantly you learn how to live because that's what philosophies are about it's not just about you know uh, mental calisthenics which has no purpose it's actually about learning how to make choices uh, and living with the consequences uh, ramayana and mahabharat sadly our education system like i said our colonized appalling education system does not teach the ramayana and the mahabharat so to every one of you please start with the ramayana and the mahabharat critical editions are available uh you know uh, bandarkar institute and uh, baroda sri university had done the translations uh and uh, vivek debroida has uh, done uh, had, had done uh, has done the translation of these critical editions so please read them awesome now the next question is how do you manage sources in languages you do not know very good question actually um uh, i uh, manage it uh, through a very simple route which is uh, taught to me uh, me and i am calcutta which has apparently been learned from howard uh, and watton as well which is managed by not managing uh, <laughs> i don't know the language do I, i have to just trust my publisher so and my book has been translated some of my books have been translated into czech for example or turkish yaar main kaise check karu you know uh i just have to assume that the publisher has done a good job what else can i do mm okay. manage by not managing yeah okay uh someone just said thanks to your uh, sita book somebody has actually developed the habit of reading so kudos to you amish so all right someone has asked what is the ultimate conclusion you as an author envisage for your book in today's world after the best seller journey is it the culmination of these books into movies with a universe of their own yeah i mean one obviously would like to see them in the audio visual uh, format uh, i am producing one of my own uh, books uh, suhil dev i am co producing it into a movie uh, 
there are deals that have been struck for the Shiva trilogy. One is uh, negotiating for Ramchand series as well. So obviously, yeah, one does want that. Uh, I have moved myself into the audiovisual space too through documentaries. I host documentaries now. I did this uh, program for Discovery uh, uh, TV recently called uh, Legends of the Ramayan with Amish. Uh, essentially, a travel log from Ayodhya to all the way to uh, Lanka, and I was the host. I actually traveled and hosted uh, uh, the program. So I'm getting into you know many of these uh, areas as well. But primarily, I'm a writer. That's what I am. Primarily, I'm a storyteller. Okay, uh, so someone starts the question like this: I know it's hard to choose your favorite among your babies, but which character did you find the most interesting to write about? Uh, this is actually I know it sounds like a hard question, but it's not, man. I'm I'm a Shiva. Lord Shiva is is uh, is the love of my soul. Actually, I wear a Nom Namah Shivaya kada. I wear a Rudraksh mala. I do a Mahamrutanjaya job every morning, yeah. No, and with all respect to all other gods and goddesses, I'm, I don't mean to insult anyone, but for me, Lord Shiva, man. Is... Okay, so someone has asked Amish ji, do you speak Bhojpuri too? Uh, itna nahi bhaiya. Thoda samaj rahit, samaj sakte hain, lekin bol bol nahi sakte. Hindi bhoat achha bol lete, Hindi mein koi kati nahi nahi hai. Okay, okay, so. So this question is Amish. Uh, I mean, you have partially answered it, but uh, I'll ask the question because the second part you've not. Amish, have you written screenplays for movies yet? And if so, how different, difficult is it writing, uh, let's say, for a play or uh, a novel in comparative writing? No, I've never written a screenplay. So even uh, Suhail Dev, which is being converted into a movie, we actually hired a, a screenwriter uh, to uh, to write it. uh creatively i enjoy writing a book uh, a lot more because uh, you know i'm in charge of it i'm a bit of a control freak uh, even monetarily writing a book works uh, better uh, so uh, so no, i never say never i don't know where you know my life shows me that actually uh, uh, life is what happens while you're planning other things so i don't know if i might write screenplays in the future but I haven't written any yet, uh, till now, and I don't see myself uh, writing. No. All right. So this question is: ये बंदे ने पक्का तुम्हें पूरी तरह से पढ़ा है. Amish ji, what is the one value you would suggest we absorb into our lives? Not that there is only one value, but one value from Lord Shiva, Rama, and Krishna. It's an interesting question. See, because वो सारे भगवानों को बोल दिया है किसी को नहीं बख्शो सबसे लो. It's an interesting question. See, because essentially they represent different archetypes, right? Yes. Lord Ram represents uh, the archetype of Maryada Purushottam, the ideal follower of laws. Uh, Lord Krishna represents uh, a life of uh, of, uh, of uh, wisdom and passion, where law laws may not be as important as the as the result. uh lord shiva is the outsider uh, you know god uh, you know he's uh, uh, uh he's he's in many ways uh, you know he's beyond society he's outside of uh, of society which makes him you know acceptable to all sides because lord lord shiva actually in many ways doesn't pick a side he bless lord ram he bless ravan also right um there are different 
parts but i think uh, one common thing that emerges from the stories of all our gods and goddesses is that at the heart of everything is dharma uh, and uh, your you can lead a wise life only when you try and explore what dharma is and dharma does not translate as religion uh, don't reduce it to religion religion is just pant uh, dharma is something that actually applies to all not just the dharmic religions not just to hindus buddhists uh, jains and sikhs it applies to muslims christians everyone dharma is what uh, holds the universe uh, together what balances what uh, sustains uh, so at the heart of all their philosophies is dharma and the exploration of dharma will help you lead uh, a wise life in fact my sister and i explore this in a book called uh, dharma non fiction book it's, mm-hmm. it's it was released i think last year mm-hmm. yep all right so someone has asked just like star wars and marvel series which has characters denoting certain political figures plus even sublime promotion of norse greek mythology why can't indians come up with something similar as in something non indian as in indian but inspired in our cinema and we also do something like happens in the dc or marvel uh, things okay i mean see look uh, first of all in the west remember that they have to because these cultures are the cultures that they try and inspire into their movies those cultures are dead actually you know the the hellenic cultures the egyptian or what what uh, egyptian is what we call them they used to call themselves kem Uh, or uh, the north scots these these cultures are all museum pieces uh, now so they approach it from a different perspective we are still a living culture so obviously we approach it uh, we are the only pre bronze age culture that is still alive so obviously we will approach it uh, from a different uh, perspective having said that why can't we write stories which are inspired by uh, ancient cultures outside of india i say why not uh my next series after the ramchandra series may include some of this all right so again this question is more about cinema and writing so someone says james bond lord of the rings harry potter game of thrones comic books stephen king all are less than 100 years old why can't indian cinema turn two of its own contemporary literary works outside of chetan bhagat into grandiose cinematograph you know cinema experiences hoga yaar uh, it will happen don't worry uh, what you are seeing is actually a very tiny uh, uh, segment of all of history right for most of human history uh, india was uh, the wealthiest uh, part of the world uh, indian uh, culture did uh, without us going out to conquer uh, did influence much of the world you know till uh, from most of the first millennium till actually uh, a significant part of the second millennium as well more than 50% of the world was actually uh, indic uh, southeast asia turned hindu china uh, japan many of them had actually got uh, buddhist central asia was actually buddhist even the turks converted to islam quite late actually i mean if uh, from what i uh, recall from what i had read even mahmud ghazni's father was was actually buddhist he converted to uh, to islam so it was that reason uh, the turkic word for uh, idol is but where does the word but come from it comes from buddha because uh, they their version of buddhism worshiped lord buddha as in an uh, in the form of a murti uh, 
the roman army used to uh, practice a, a religion called mithraism which and lord mitra uh, lord mitra was a was a vedic god so uh, so we'd actually influence much of the world for for a much larger portion far more than just 100 years i'm talking about more than a millennia uh, you're only seeing the last 100 years when india was at its weakest uh, and all of us will have the pleasure of uh, and the honor of seeing india return to its rightful place and all of us will have an opportunity of playing our own small role in it so play your role in it mm-hmm. all right so so <laughs> someone says have you read any hp lovecraft books and do you intend to write books on the horror genre koi hp ho i think hp hoga wo harry potter hoga i'm assuming i don't know harry potter is very good i like uh and do you intend to write books on in the horror genre yeah no <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so someone says sir will you write a non fiction series or do you intend to write or have you thought about writing a non fiction series on the indus valley civilization are sale padha nahi hai kya mera shiva trilogy is based in the indus valley civilization no no non fiction wo bol raha hai non non fiction oh sorry sorry non fiction uh yeah actually why not there are there are some things i do want to want to explore because uh, some of the things have actually been airbrushed out of our history books you know uh, uh, there were historians and uh, archaeologists uh, you know uh, archaeologists great archaeologists such as rc majumdar lal lal who had shown uh, shivlings in uh, you know in indus valley cities rakhi gadi is actually the biggest uh, of the uh, and and at that time it was probably called meloha uh, and rakhi gadi is is in haryana so it was probably what was the course of the saraswati at that point of time far bigger than harappa or mohenjodaro uh, there are uh, murtis of the mother goddess so you know I, a lot of that needs to be explored and in conjunction with uh, you know archaeological findings in places like sinoli which are in the ganga valley right uh, which are also you know dated to at least 4 4 1/2000 years ago so bang in the time of what is called the indus valley civilization and there they they found chariots with you know horse drawn uh, chariots uh, so and it breaks all the uh, assumptions that were told to us about the indus valley civilization horses were there chariots were there uh you know so uh, a lot of this needs to be explored i mean of course i'm not a scholar i'm only you know kushal people like you and i we are we are public intellectuals we don't read primary sources you know scholars such as vikram or sanjeev will read the primary sources and then write scholarly books which people like you and i can read and write articles or fiction books out of them so i wish there are scholars who explore this in much greater detail scholars such as uh, kk mohammad for example uh, but i'd love to take up a non fiction book where i read some of that and simplify it for uh, for a wider audience so so you're a shiv bhakt someone has asked uh, amish ji uh, do you think we should uh, or do you think there is a chance of a revival of kashmiri sufism and its relationship with tantric customs of shaivite traditions in a modern day context uh, and that could actually you know uh, play a huge role in 
bridging uh, a lot of uh, cultural differences in that sense uh honestly i don't know i am not uh, an expert on modern kashmir so i would be wary of of commenting on that but i can tell you this uh, from many of the pandit traditions uh kashmir was the center of uh, was one of the major centers kashi was as well as was uh, you know uh, uh, kachi as was uh, tirupati as was you know uh, Nashik and a few major Nalanda. There were few major massive centers of learning uh, among the traditions among the pundits in Kashi. Was uh, actually when you graduated, you took five steps towards Kashmir, towards Sharda Peet. Uh, there was a time when, uh, and that was a measure of respect towards Sharda Peet. There was a time when among the our greatest intellectuals, you know, the, the thought leadership uh, part. among the greatest thought leadership sections of india was actually kashmir uh, and one has to be honest over the last 5 6 7 centuries no new earth shattering thought leadership idea has come from kashmir it's so it's not just about the recent past for the last 5 6 centuries before that massive numbers of you know i'm not just talking about philosophy science maths so much stuff used to come from kashmir and this is something that needs careful analysis what happened for the last 5 6 centuries that this prodigious intellectual productivity just collapsed it's the same people it is the same people uh, i don't know i'm not i'm not an expert but this is something that needs uh, uh, careful analysis and it needs whatever rectifications can be done because uh i think we are coming uh, to an age where intellectual uh, strength becomes increasingly will become increasingly important to the competitiveness of of a country uh so uh, you know our ancient centers such as uh, kashi ujjain uh, uh, uh you know uh, uh, tirupati uh, tanjavur nashik nalanda you know mahodayapuram calling all these they have to revive uh, we need that intellectual output uh, once again and kashmir is a central part is a very important part of that so we need to find ways what happened why why it's the same people the intellectual output just collapsed over the last 5 6 centuries you can't think of anything earth shatteringly new something which changed the world intellectually that has emerged from kashmir in the last 5 6 centuries which is very sad there mm-hmm. has to be some way to to revive that all right so this is more of a literary question someone has asked why are ramayana and ramcharitmanas written in such a different way while they narrate the same story how much of a role does the current reality of uh, indian society at that time have a role to play uh, and it's a good question is because you are yourself an author so 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 what do you think how much of a role does let's say ramcharitmanas was it written during a certain islamic invasion time or a mughal invasion time and let's so, say the valmiki ramayana is written I, in a different I get your time. question look the valmiki ramayana is a most ancient version and the ramcharitmanas mm-hmm. was written in the 16th century by goswami tulsidas ji mm-hmm. so it's not just the language that was different the valmiki ramayana is of course written in uh, in sanskrit Uh, but the Ramcharitmanas was written in Navadi, the language of the masses at that point mm-hmm. in time, 
and it's a devotional uh, version of the rama and the first of the devotional versions of the rama and were actually uh, uh, tamil and bengali uh, versions uh, it's around 1000 years old so the kamban ramayan uh, which is the uh, which is the first of the devotional uh, ramayans uh, where lord ram is clearly a god right in the valmiki ramayan for much of it actually he doesn't know he's a god so he's like a human being because remember ravan had asked for a boon that no one can kill him but he just he just uh, no god no ganda no one can kill him and he didn't include humans because he didn't think humans would kill him. that's why uh, lord vishnu had to be born as a human being too. anyway uh, but the kritibashi ramayan of uh, uh, bengal uh, the kamban ramayanam these were the first of the devotional the most among the most ancient devotional ramayans ramcharitmanas also falls into that category and you'll find you read all these versions the gond ramayani ramayana darshanam all of them this uh, is not just the rendition even the stories at many places are actually different right so ramcharitmanas has the lakshman rekha valmiki ramayana doesn't does not yeah uh, and valmiki ji himself composed three versions of the ramayana one is the valmiki ramayana the other is the ananda ramayana and uh, the adbhut ramayana the adbhut ramayana is the shakta version the mother goddess uh, version which there are two ravans and the elder main ravan is actually killed by sitama so uh, uh, there are different versions and i guess they reflect that era they reflect the ethos which is the buddhist ramayana has a different approach the jain ramayana uh, lord ram is completely non violent because he is a jain uh, you know so uh, i guess to use a term of the ramcharitmanas uh, hari ananta hari katha ananta mm awesome awesome so amish before we wrap things up uh, at least 65% of the audience of this podcast whether they listen to it or they watch it on youtube is between the age group of 18 to 35 a lot of them might be aspiring authors what is your one last message before we wrap things up today for them write with your heart man uh, bro uh, if you want to uh, make money or uh, or or be famous there are other much easier routes Okay, and if you make it with this, great. You know, it's it's uh, the the gods have been kind to you. Uh, but that cannot be the primary purpose for writing a book. The primary purpose for writing a book is it's the voice of your soul. So write with your heart. Chale na chale, wo Bhagwan ke upar. But write with your heart. Awesome, uh, Amish. Uh, you know, you are uh, an inspirational person. you know the amount of prolific writing you do i you know mere se ek article likha nahi jata pata nahi you know how do you write so much so you know wish you all the best in life and thank you very much for coming on the podcast buddy thanks thanks my friend you take care yeah so guys before we wrap things up once again in the description of the podcast you will have the links you can follow amish on twitter you can go on his website you can buy his books i will insist please buy his books and uh, please subscribe to the charvak podcast youtube channel and support the charvak podcast through the multiple multiple mediums that you already know i will see you guys next time until then namaste take care bye bye